Marcheseau slides it around the rim. Got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back to Donov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Locke sets up to Donov! Knights five, Blackhawks four! From the Finley Chevrolet Box Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two, VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Wednesday. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Game four, Stanley Cup final. It's about to get underway, just about 15 minutes or so, of course. The Colorado Avalanche looking to make, to take a commanding three games to one lead with a victory here tonight. And the Tampa Bay Lightning looking to even the score and make it a best of three en route to what they hope will be their third straight Stanley Cup championship. So we'll keep an eye on the game. Uh, no Braden point in warm-ups for Tampa, but Nazem Kadri did take warm-ups and is expected to play for the Colorado Avalanche, though Nazem Kadri, from what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing is not going to be taking face-offs, as you could understand, as the center iceman that had surgery on his hand, probably not going to be able to be fully unencumbered going into this game. But just having him in the lineup solidifies the top six for the Colorado Avalanche, and it should present a more dynamic look for Colorado up front. They certainly, certainly need that going into it. Here's here's where I wanted to go, but the show's going to get derailed a little bit. I, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's happening, but the show's going to get derailed a little bit because like, I've tried to put the Alex Nedeljkovic thing aside. I've tried to, to look past what I feel is an obvious neglect for the duty of voting on these NHL awards. Like, it is a privilege. It is something that you should take seriously. And when you see something like Alex Nedeljkovic on a Calder ballot, it calls into question how serious the person filling that ballot is about their job and their duty. And yet, in the break... Knowing full well, Chapman, knowing full well that I wanted to put all the talk about ballots and all the ridiculous things that have happened and the, the votes that have happened for certain players that really don't deserve it, as much as I wanted to put that aside, you, you, sir, brought something to my attention that makes me want to explode. <laughs> I, I can't even say it with a straight face. I think it's entirely possible that we found the absolute worst ballot quite possibly in in awards mm-hmm. voting history. Now, I won't say the yep. name of the person. However, it's out there. If you look, you can find it. I I'm flabbergasted at this ballot. Like I I I I, I don't even know where to begin. And it gets better, as you'll see, when I get to the second part of it. So, someone who voted for Hart Trophy, and, and they voted for all the other awards, the, the, the ballots are public, so you can find them. Mm-hmm. This person 
neglected to put not only Austin Matthews on his ballot, <laughs> which I, I don't understand how you don't even have him in the mm-hmm. top five, sure. and Connor McDavid left off his ballot mm-hmm. as well. So not only do so, you so, do you so leave no the guy McDavid. who won in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, no so no McDavid. McDavid and no Matthews. No McDavid and no Matthews. So it's a legitimate it's a legitimate Hart Trophy ballot. Yes. Without Austin Matthews, who had a 60 goal season, and Connor McDavid, who set career highs in goals <laughs> and points. Yes. Yes. Seriously, like that, that's a, that's a legitimate ballot. Oh, it's a legitimate ballot. Okay, Chapman, who did they have on their ballot ahead of <laughs> ahead of? Wow. Ridiculous. Ahead of Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. Well, you'd think maybe they had Johnny Goudreau on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Not on that ballot either. Instead, this person, unnamed, had Kirill uh-huh. Kaprizov as their winner. Okay. Uh-huh. Roman Yossi, good player. Don't know if he should have been second on the Hart Trophy voting. Then it gets a little more understandable. He has Igor Shosturkin third. Okay. Okay. That's 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 fine. Shosturkin, mm-hmm. a lot of people had him third. Uh, you know, really, really I'm good say, player. I'm going to say, I'm going to say right now, uh, Roman Yossi did not belong on a heart ballot. Oh, there uh, were people who actually I'm voted him with, to win it. I, I'm fine with Kirill Kaprizov. I'm fine with Igor Shosturkin. Go on. Okay. Number four on his list, Jonathan Huberdeau. Oh, God, come on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Jonathan Huberdeau. And the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even believe. Get it out. He plays for the Canucks, right? So so there, there's, yes. some, there's some mm-hmm. decent players. Maybe Thatcher Demko. Maybe Elias Pettersson. Yes. A team that didn't make the playoffs. Yes. Mm-hmm. J.T. Miller. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> good season. So let me get this he, he had 32 goals. He ended up with 99 points. Pretty good season for for J.T. Miller. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I um, I, I don't so, think in the conversation for Hart Trophy. Okay, so let me get this straight. This particular individual. Yes. Legitimately believes, legitimately believes that Kirill Kaprizov was more valuable to the Minnesota Wild than Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. Okay, that's fine. He legitimately believes that Roman Yossi is more valuable to the Nashville Predators than <laughs> um, than Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. Yes. I, I like value, sure, but probably that's a stretch. Um, Igor Shosturkin I'm fine with because, like, frankly, we saw it in, in the playoffs against Tampa. Like, Igor Shosturkin was the only thing that went right for the New York Rangers, and they went as far as Shosturkin could take them. Yes. So, like, I'm good with that. I wouldn't have even, like, been mad if it was Shosturkin, Matthews, McDavid. Like, I could reasonably understand talking yourself into Shosturkin, Matthews, then McDavid. Yes. Where, where it... It, it loses it for me, and you, you said the fourth player was was Jonathan Huberdeau. Yes. Um, I, I I don't know how much longer I can continue to do this with Huberdeau. He is a compiler. He is 
the type of player that's got great offensive instincts, and yes, he's going to be the one that gets the secondary assist. He's going to make some beautiful plays. He's going to have highlight reel situations and goals, but he is not even the best player on his team, let alone the most valuable player on his team. It's Sasha Barkov. It's not particularly close, and you could see it by how quickly Jonathan Huberdeau dried up in the playoffs where everything gets tightened. Yeah. Like, to me... Jonathan Huberdeau in the top five of the Hart Trophy voting is is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Because you can't make the argument to me with a straight face that Jonathan Huberdeau is more valuable to the Florida Panthers than Kale McCarr is to the Colorado Avalanche. You can't do it. You can't do it. And if you're not willing to put Kale McCarr on your ballot ahead of Jonathan Huberdeau, you have no business putting Jonathan Huberdeau there in the first place. Yeah. And and this is the thing with the Hart Trophy that, that drives me absolutely up a wall. It makes me nuts. Most valuable player. Not most excellent player, not best player in the world, not whatever we want to anoint Connor McDavid as. No, it's none of those things. It is most valuable player to your team and i don't know why we try to like move the goalposts to to make it be the best player or the guy that had the most points or whatever the case may be but like that's the most ridiculous thing in the world and and i know that i've rallied against this and it it, it shows itself in well jonathan huberdeau had a he set career highs in points well yes 75 of them were secondary assists what are we doing here So then you go to JT Miller, which is an interesting one because like in, in terms of value to his team, I think you can make the argument that, that JT Miller had a lot more value to the Vancouver Canucks than Jonathan Huberdeau did, but at no point in time can you make the argument that JT Miller means more to the Canucks than Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid meant to their respective teams? That is asinine. They didn't even that make the playoffs. No sense Not even a playoff team. Not no, even close. They, Not even they close didn't make to a playoff, playoff team. So so you're telling me that a player that had f- 50 goals in 50 chronological games is is not more valuable than JT Miller? Than Kirill Kaprizov? Like, those players in and of themselves, like Kaprizov, I understand putting him on your heart ballot. Mm. Igor Shosturkin, I get putting him on your heart ballot. Roman Yossi is a bit of a stretch to me, and and you haven't even given us the icing on the cake with this one, and we're going to get there. Um, Roman Yossi is a bit of a stretch for me. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau doesn't belong. I'm sorry. like I'm, I'm being blunt here. He doesn't belong in this. And JT Miller, at no point in time, is more valuable than Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. And this is me, the guy that doesn't want to give Connor McDavid his due. I've been accused of that, even on this program, that I, I am just looking to tear Connor McDavid down. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to do that. He's just not the most valuable player in the league this year. He didn't have the best season this year. It's not debatable. It's just, it's not debatable. But what I find truly amazing in all this is you've given me five names, three of which I can understand an argument, a reasonable argument, to have as your fourth or fifth place vote 
in the Hart Trophy. Then you've got Roman Yossi on there. And Roman Yossi, as, as you're going through this particular ballot, Chapman, Roman Yossi is the only defenseman that's on that ballot. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Okay. Can you please tell me what this individual voted for the Norris Trophy? They voted for the winner, Kale McCarr. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm having a hard time understanding here. You mean to tell me that this person voted? This person voted Roman Yossi second on his heart ballot? Yes. But did not vote Roman Yossi first on his Norris Trophy ballot? That is correct. Do you get that? No, no. I, I, does, I, does that make sense to you at all? I, I, I don't see how you could vote for him to be second on the heart, but not vote for him to be first on the Norris. Like, what, what is, what is the, the, the explanation here? Is it, is it? You think that McCarr is just a better player, and so you voted for him because he's a better player? If that's the case. Why would McCarr not have made your your heart trophy ballot? Well, here's the thing. If you're viewing a defenseman in Roman Yossi as the second most valuable player in the league, how is he not the most the the, the best defenseman? Like if he's a defenseman and he's on the caliber of being the second most valuable player in all of the league, how is there a defenseman out there that's even close to him? I, I, I don't know. Like to me, the fact that you have him second on your heart trophy ballot says that he is by far and oh. away mm-hmm. the best defenseman in the league. Like it, yeah. it it shouldn't even be close. But no. Chapman, you've you've ruined my day. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not joking. I'm not, I, I'm not being I, funny here. It's not a bit. Like this is this is legitimately ruined my day. Well, legitimately ruined my day. I I will tell you, and I I I know there's a couple of other people who also had this person on their ballot. Mm-hmm. Do you know who he had fifth for the for the for the Norris Norris? No, Chris Letang. <laughs> Uh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there, Chapman. He, it, it it's possible. It, it's possible, Chapman, that this is the worst ballot <laughs> I, I've ever I've ever seen. Like I, I'm I'm sorry. I I think I think it is okay. So this this actually leads me to to something I saw earlier today on Twitter. Steve <laughs> Dangle um, tweeted out. This and it's it's astounding to me and interesting to me and and I want to get your take on it because uh, we're we're going to talk about the worst ballots, individual ballots for the Hart Trophy and this one this one that you brought to my attention today, not having Austin Matthews, not having Connor McDavid in your top five, putting Roman Yossi number two for the Hart Trophy, then not even voting for him to win. <laughs> Not even giving him a first place vote in the Norris, like that is demonstrably ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous, nonsensical. 
I, I, I can't I can't even wrap my brain around it. it. It's screwing me up right now, Chapman. But is that ballot worse than this? Okay. Um, 2006, Calder Trophy voting. Sidney Crosby, 39 goals, 102 points in 81 games. He got a fit. He was placed on a ballot by one individual, fifth. Fifth, 102 points as an 18-year-old in 81 games, nearly 40 goals, and he got a fifth-place vote. He was placed fifth on a ballot. That's astounding to me. Ovechkin was one. Phaneuf was two. Dion Phaneuf (laughs) was two. Henrik Lundqvist was three, but like, are you are you kidding me? Are you joking? Oh my gosh! What what year was this? Unreal. Two thousand six. It was Sidney Crosby's rookie year. So Fenuff, Fenuff with his with his fifty points. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean that's pretty good for a defenseman, but still, it's like ahead of Sidney Crosby, this, who had 102 points as an 18-year-old. Oh my this, gosh! This bothers me so much. This bothers me so much. I, I like it, it's derailed the entire plan. <laughs> yeah. For for this first segment in hour number two, but like I can't I can't help myself. I can't because I I just don't understand what the logic is. And and to be honest with you, like okay, listen. There are a lot of things that I don't agree with, these ballots being one of them. I will say this. The Pro Hockey Writers Association, the PHWA, I commend them for making these ballots public. I commend Frank Saravelli for putting out a tweet and saying, this is what the ballots were, this is who voted for who, if you want to complain, if you want to argue, if you want this or that, whatever... Here it is. It's full transparency. I think there needs to be more transparency in everything that we do, right? If you're going to vote, if you have that privilege and you're going to do this, if you're going to not take it seriously, it needs to be on full display. So (laughs) full marks to the PHWA for making all this common knowledge and 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 therefore the taking if you want to do a little bit of digging and boy did I want to do digging after Alex Nedeljkovic but I will say this in these instances where you have clear-cut one two in the heart trophy voting and your ballot doesn't include either guy you need to be able to explain your reasoning. Yeah, like, like I'm sorry, there needs to be some type of response as to why and what logic and what metrics and what data you used to get to this conclusion. And more than anything, I want to know why you put Roman Yossi, the <laughs> only defenseman you put on the Hart Trophy ballot, why you put Roman Yossi as number two in Hart Trophy voting and you do not put him number one in the Norris. That, to me, is the most egregious error in all of this. If you're not going to try, if you don't care, that's one thing. But you have to at least keep track of the fact that you don't care. Like, you at least have to put Roman Yossi 1 over Kale McCarr 2. You have to. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, look, there, I, I I think there there's certainly when you look at the ballots, there's a, there's a lot of people who had Yossi won. So I, I I don't think that's I don't think that's that situation where you where you're like, oh my god, this is terrible. I mean, if he would have had Chris Letang number one, then then it's a different story. But I, I I don't feel like that's really the the issue here. The issue, as you mentioned, is the fact that you you put Yossi number two on your Hart Trophy ballot. But then you have him number two on the Norris Trophy as well. It's almost like you. you I I can't even find a, 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 something comparable. <laughs> it's, it's 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 perplexing. It's yeah, perplexing is the right word. It's 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 head scratching. And when I saw the tweet that someone didn't have Matthews and McDavid on their ballot, mm-hmm. I said it has mm-hmm. to be a mistake. There's no way. And then I did the digging, found the, and I'm like, how is this possible? Like, Kaprizov, good player, right? Had a great season. Certainly, certainly no one's going to take issue if you have him number five. Mm-hmm. But at what point can you say, first of all, if, if you're going to go by most outstanding player, he's not better than McDavid. Mm-hmm. He's not better than Matthews. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's lost right there. If you're going to say There's most no valuable, yeah. If, if you if you're using the most valuable aspect, and yeah, maybe the Minnesota Wild aren't as good as they were without Kapro Kaprizov. But what Austin Matthews did this year is is just on another level, and he carried yeah. the Leafs to to through the season. And they have good players, right? Mitchell Marner is a good player, and they've got some other guys up and down the lineup who, who are quality players: Nylander, et cetera. But you take Austin Matthews off the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're not good. They don't make the playoffs. Yeah, they're they're probably well, they're not, not a playoff. They're not team. making the playoffs. So, yeah. so 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 the Ooh. whole valuable narrative you lose that there as well because to make the case that Kirill Kaprizov is more valuable to the to, to the Minnesota Wild than Austin Matthews is to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I I don't buy that either. And then Mc, the, the McDavid one is, is even more mind blowing because I think as good of a season Leon Drysaddle had. I don't know if Leon Dreisaitl and Evander Kane are carrying the Edmonton Oilers to the playoffs this year. I I, I think the Pacific was was too tight to where mm-hmm. if you take McDavid off that team, I think they're lost. They may not even have signed Evander Kane if you take McDavid off that team for the year. So to make that that valuable case, you, you, you're losing that one as well. And he's definitely not a better player than than McDavid. So I I just it's a head scratcher for sure and. When I saw it, I I said this is too good to not be true, or too good to be true, and and I I I, yep. I saw who it was, and I'm like no, no, and then I joked, I said, could you imagine if this guy voted for McCarr to win the Norris? Sure enough, I looked. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. sure enough, there it is, Cam McCarr, Norris Trophy winner. <laughs> it's 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 disgraceful. It, it like, would be I, it would I, be like it's it's funny. But not because it's funny, like it's a joke. It's funny, like sad, funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm at a loss for words. That doesn't happen very often. But you, you want you want to get me where where it it hurts. It, it's it's voting and uh, illogical illogical ballots. Like I I just I I it blows my mind that that's even a thing. When it comes to these awards, because there are there are certainly players that have 
individual bonuses attached to whether or not they win major awards and to just kind of throw away a ballot to me is ridiculous. Like, especially in the case of Roman Yossi, because like, think about it from this perspective, Chapman. The, the difference between Roman Yossi and Kale McCarr was 25 points. I, I don't know how you put Roman Yossi on your heart ballot and you don't have him winning the, the, the Norris. That could have been one of those bridge gaps that gets Roman Yossi to the Norris over Kale McCarr. Like that, to me, it's too close for comfort. It, it's nonsensical, and, and I just... It, it, it absolutely ruined my day. However, <laughs> uh, I do want to... I do want to say that uh, Game 4 is underway. Anthony Sorelli scored 36 seconds into the game. It was an interesting play in which Darcy Kemper's helmet came off, but Tampa had an immediate scoring chance. The whistle was not blown dead, and Anthony Sorelli gets the party going once again. It's one nothing Tampa just about seven minutes into the game. Not a good start for the Colorado Avalanche. I think shots are 6-1 to one right now, Tampa. It's essentially the same blueprint that you saw in game number three. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with one-timers next on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. Our look around the league, news and notes, little tidbits. And we're going to start off with happy birthday. Happy birthday to the Vegas Golden Knights. It was on this date six years ago that the NHL announced expansion to Vegas. And as we all know, the rest is history. The Golden Knights had one of the best inaugural seasons uh, that any expansion franchise has ever had in professional sports went all the way to the stanley cup final won a game in the stanley cup final uh, and it has been a team that has contended more or less for every single season that they've been in the nhl so i asked you the question chris chapman what is your favorite golden knight memory i would say probably winning the western conference in the first year game five in mm-hmm. winnipeg I think that's certainly a moment that nobody associated or who has been around this club at any point in time, whether they're a fan, whether they work in the media, whether they were a player, I don't think anybody's ever going to forget that moment because it was truly the culmination of just a magical season. I think we all would have liked to have seen it go one step further, but that moment... And them grabbing the cup, Derek England going up there and, and grabbing the, the, the trophy for winning the Western Conference to me was, was like, yeah, we don't care about that. This is incredible. We're, we're going to relish this moment. And I mean, to this day, to think that Derek England was the first, he'll, he will forever be the first member of the Golden Knights to ever put his hands on silverware, on hardware. So I, I think for me, that's my favorite. I, I There's a few. William Carlson's goal against San Jose is, is certainly up there. Um, I think the moment that what, one of one of my favorites was was Ryan Reeves, the night that he gave us the "Lion in the Jungle" quote. I think yeah. that that's that's one of the funniest moments in Golden Knights history. Um, mm-hmm. So so yeah, there, there, there's quite a few, but but yeah, I, I'd still say the the game in Winnipeg, Game Five, to me is still. The, the moment that I will circle to as being the most memorable moment and my favorite moment. So, 
there's a couple for me. Obviously, Derek Englund's speech, that's going to be the one that I think lives on more so than any of the other ones, um, just because it transcends hockey, right? Especially here in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, But from there, uh, Shea Theodore, the goal against Tampa, year one, that was a special, special play, a special game, a special moment. Um, And then here's one that's not going to get a lot of love because of the game that it happened in and the way the game ended. Not a major sucked. There's, there's no, <laughs> there's no way around it. Not yeah, a major. Yeah, you can't sugarcoat that because, one. Because the Golden Knights were on their way, right? And they were on their way. I think in a year that they could have won the Stanley Cup, that they were arguably one of, if not the best team in the league. It sucked. But what a lot of people forget about not a major is that Jonathan Marcheseau had to score late in regulation to get that game to overtime. And I know they didn't win. I know they didn't win. But that was one of those pinnacle moments in Jonathan Marcheseau's career. And there's something about that player that I gravitate toward. I think it was the biggest goal in franchise history. And frankly, it was one of those moments where you started to believe that maybe just maybe they were going to be able to deal with that adversity and get through it because you're down in that situation it's easy it's easy to pack it in and it's almost like Jonathan Marsh so refused to allow that to happen to his team um, that was one of the most electric moments I think I've ever seen uh, because no one had the Golden Knights tying that game and getting it to overtime. That was a huge one for me. Um, outside of that, like it, it, it's hard to pick just one or two moments, right? Like, yeah, there have I been mean, a lot. For, for me, I can, I can throw... really good moments here. I can throw John Merrill playing forward against the Philadelphia Flyers and scoring that goal. Like, to me, that's, that's pretty incredible. Tomas Nosek scoring the first goal in, in T-Mobile history. Uh, and yeah. then followed up just a, 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 a like a minute and a half or whatever it was later with Derek England, a guy who's not known for scoring goals, just moments after he gave that incredible speech, scoring a goal. Yeah. There, 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 it's funny because I think there's probably franchises where you'd struggle to come up with so many moments. Like I, I think about some of these teams that have been around 25, 30, 50 years. Some of them don't have some of the iconic moments that the Golden Knights have had. Like, I think about the Ottawa Senators, and sure, they made a Stanley Cup final, and I'm sure everyone will remember, if you're an Ottawa fan, the game-winning goal to get you there. But they probably don't have the moments that this franchise, and I shouldn't say that because I'm sure for their fans, it's they, they, they have moments. But, like, across the league... Like, I think this team in, in just such a short period of time has, has put together some iconic moments in in team history. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you I'm, I'm trying to think about the game winner against Vancouver. Like, that in, in Game 7, like, that was one of those moments. Uh, they, they've, they've had a lot. They, they, they've had a lot. See, but I, see, for me, for me, that game, it's not the goal. It's the save from Robin Leonard. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Big man. Big man can move when he wants to. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was I think I still have that. Going, going left to right. Big open glove, making a monster save. If they don't get that save, they don't win that game, and that big turns into. 
that turns into one of the most disappointing losses in Golden Knights franchise history. And it wasn't so because of that save. Like that's that's the moment that I pull out of that one. Yeah. Happy six years to the Vegas Golden Knights, a, a team that has really given us a lot. They packed a lot into five NHL seasons. Coaching carousel update. It is expected that Paul Maurice will join the Florida Panthers as the team's next head coach. Uh, Maurice will replace Jack. Well, there it is. Uh, Maurice will be replacing Jack Adams Award finalist Andrew Brunette. Uh, It seems like there's an opportunity for Brunette to stay, obviously, within the organization, maybe as a big-time player. What all that means, it, it remains to be seen, but it's all indications Paul Maurice... The Florida Panthers, that's the way forward. So your initial thoughts on this, Chris Chapman, Paul Maurice, who was burned out and resigned in Winnipeg because it just wasn't clicking, wasn't working, now finds himself in Florida with a very, very talented team that is not particularly strong defensively. Yeah, I... I think it's a good hire. Like, my initial thought was, man, I was really hoping they were going to get Barry Trotz. But, mm-hmm. obviously, that, that didn't work out. Paul Maurice is a name who who was out there. And it's funny, him and Pete DeBoer both find jobs. Uh, today was Pete's introductory press conference in Dallas. And then the word comes out that his very good friend, Paul Maurice, is is named the head coach of the Florida Panthers. And I, I think Paul Maurice is, is what, top 10 in, in coaching wins all time. I think he's seventh on the list. So certainly a guy who's been around the game a long time, a guy who's won a lot of games in the NHL. But I wonder, like, you went from being burned out just three, four months ago to all of a sudden you're not burned out. So I don't know how that works. Like, I've never been in a situation like that. And maybe what Paul Maurice was really saying is he just needed a change of scenery. Um, Yeah. You know, 775 wins all time. So certainly a guy who, who has won a lot of games in the NHL. Uh, not too far down from, from Trotz, actually. He's a bit far down from Trotz. He's about 500 down from Barry Trotz. But I like the hire. I think Paul Maurice is a good coach. He seems like a, like a fun guy. Uh, he knows the game pretty well. I, I just don't know if, if... I guess it's really hard to tell, and time will tell. Like, I don't really see why you, you, you didn't give Brunette another chance. Like, if Paul Maurice was going to be the hire, like I, I'm he, sure it'll be he, fine. He, he's too green, Chapman. He, he's too green. Like he was out coached. He was out coached badly by John Cooper. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the path forward for the Florida Panthers has goes to go through, through Tampa. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. So, like you, it, it's not so much that Andrew Brunette didn't do a good enough job in the regular season. He was put in a real tough spot and did well with it. Yeah, as evidenced by the Jack Adams uh, finalist. But you can't regress the way that Florida did against Tampa and have any faith that you're going to be able to get through that team next year. And frankly, they were barely able to squeak by the Washington Capitals, a team that I think is very much on the rapid decline. Yeah, so much inferior it's not team. so much. It's not so much about the regular season. You have to believe that you've got a coach that can actually get you where you need to go in the playoffs. I don't know that Paul Maurice is that guy. Like, I think he's a really good hockey coach. I do think offensively, 
the Panthers are still going to be dynamic. The biggest question for me is, with Florida, you've got to tighten things up defensively. Wasn't that an issue in Winnipeg, and, too, right? Like like similar similar type of team. That's not Paul Maurice's strong suit. Like, he's great at, at getting the most out of his teams offensively. They will trade chances, and they'll do it because they know, in Connor Hellebuck, at least for some seasons, uh, they had a Vesna finalist that was back there that was capable of making big-time saves. Do you still have that with Sergei Bobrovsky? I'd argue no. Uh, do you have that with Spencer Knight? Perhaps, but that's a lot of pressure to put on the kid you don't know yet, going yeah. into the next season. So, I, I I mean, the the best thing about this, I guess, if we're looking at it purely selfishly, and, and that's how I look at most things, um, there's not going to be a demand on the Florida Panthers to really tighten it up all the way defensively. So at least Florida is going to be fun again next year, right? Like they're going to score goals. They're going to be those, that type of team that, that is never really out of it because they've got the offensive firepower. The real question when it comes to, to Florida and Paul Maurice is what adjustments will they be able to make in the playoffs? And can they get through the Tampa Bay lightning? That's the only question on the mind of the Florida Panthers in making that decision. And they clearly didn't believe that Andrew Burnett was the guy to get that done. I'd just like you to be right about it. I am right. Um, here's one that I think is interesting. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but the Oilers have signed Jay Woodcroft to a three-year contract extension. Uh, Wood, Woodcroft got the Edmonton Oilers into the uh, Western Conference Final and then gets got swept by the Colorado Avalanche. Like I think Jay Woodcroft is perfectly fine. He had a great regular season record for the Edmonton Oilers. Um I, I don't have like a major issue with this. I, I don't think that Jay Woodcroft is going to be the one to get the Edmonton Oilers to a Stanley Cup final or to get Connor McDavid uh, into the Stanley Cup final because I don't think it's coaching. I don't think it's McDavid or Dreisaitl. I think it's you need to build the roster in a smarter way. You have to get a goaltender, and unless those things happen, it doesn't really matter who the coach is. The Edmonton Oilers aren't winning with Mike Smith. Yeah, I'm I, I'm fine with Jay Woodcroft being given the extension. Uh I do wonder how good the Edmonton Oilers are if Evander Kane's not on their team now because they clearly turned a corner when he was mm-hmm. signed. So I'll be curious to see if he's not back. What does this team play like? What do they look like? I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm with you. Goaltending to me is a bigger issue than their coaching. Um, and, and Mike yeah. Smith, I mean, he's on the wrong side of... I, I joke about guys being on the wrong side of 30. Well, Mike Smith is way on the wrong side of 30. So we'll see how that goes for them. Yeah, he's on the wrong side of 40, Chapman. Yeah, like, I, I, I know. <laughs> Those are your one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee for today, Wednesday, June 22nd. We're back to wrap it up next. It's Catching Up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan, I saw something today that kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I think a lot of times when we talk about the greatest athletes of all time, we, we kind of forget some people. And one of the people who I think we, we leave off that list is Katie Ledecky. The World Championships of Swimming today, she won her 21st World Championship medal. This time in the 4 by 200 meter freestyle, she swam the fastest uh, leg for Team USA in that event. 23 medals, 18 of them gold. That's just in the World Championships. In the Olympics, she's got seven more gold medals, a total of 10. 
So between the World Championships and the Olympics, she has 31 medals, almost all of them gold. Pretty incredible for Katie Ledecky. I don't think she's done. Maybe we'll see her in the uh, the 2024 Olympics, but uh, nonetheless, pretty impressive for Katie Ledecky. Clearly the greatest female swimmer of all time. I think Michael Phelps would probably hold the the greatest swimmer of all time, but Ledecky probably the second greatest American swimmer of all time, male or female. Just incredible, incredible athlete. You know, I, I like to swim. I, I'm terrible at it. Chapman, are you a good swimmer? I... I swim enough to where I won't drown hopefully but I'm, I'm a decent swimmer I wouldn't say I'm a great swimmer but like but like have you swam laps before uh no but I used to surf as a kid so you've got to be a fairly decent uh. swimmer to, to be able to to surf but I mean it's been a long time since I've been on a board so I have no idea now I I wish I could swim better um there's no way it 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 trashes you like well like right the 1500 the that's like a mile forget it I'm done. Yes. <laughs> that is Tostitos. I'm out. Chapman. All right. We'll be back with you tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Have a great night, everybody.